Soccer tonight on ESPN LA 710. Dave Dunholm hanging out with you for the next hour. We are breaking down and working up everything about the World Cup. And the final is set. You heard the call uh, from earlier there. Croatia getting to the final for the first time in their history. Now, this is a nation that had broke apart, of course, after all the uh, issues in Eastern Europe. And Croatia to the second semifinal in their five times in the World Cup. Now they're into a final. They go farther. They go one step farther after beating England 2-1, despite the early goal by Karen Trippier on a brilliant free kick. I thought Subasic could have done better on it, if I'm being honest. I know people might not agree with me on that. I'm not saying he could have saved it necessarily. It was a great free kick, but I think he got burned a little bit, did Subasic, who, by the way, is a awesome goalkeeper. I mean, Daniel Subasic is top-notch, without doubt. But I do think that was a bit of a a bit of a little bit. Uh, it was a lagging goalkeeping wise. But again, a great free kick there in the fifth minute. Had a caller earlier in Soccer Weekly, which is our weekly show here on ESPN LA seven ten, talk about how he felt that kind of slowed England down. I don't know if I completely agree with that. I see his point, but I think it was more just England just ran into the team they were not going to beat, and Croatia just kept going, and Croatia got stronger and faster and tougher as the game went on. And finally, uh, Perisic broke through in the 68th minute with a beautiful goal. So glad they did not garbage that up by going to VAR or talking about, oh, the high boot. The defender lowers his head, too, into the danger. I mean, come on. Give Perisic a chance. Go for it. Thankfully, nobody even made a big deal about that. Thankfully. And then Mario Mandzukic does it in the 109th minute. That was a brilliant goal, too. I mean, just such a goal scorer's goal, the way he attacked that ball off that awesome, just that deflected header. It was so fantastic. It really was. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. And, uh, yeah, it just, what a game. It really was magnificent. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed both teams, the way they played throughout this tournament. I I said it earlier. I think England got every last bit out of this tournament that they could. And that is, again, no shot no sh- uh, shot to them in losing this game against just a better team. England got every last bit out of this tournament with this team that they could. And that's fine. And that was great. And I'm sure the English fans enjoyed it. You know what? They enjoyed this tournament more than we did as American fans. I don't care how much fun we're having watching this. And it has been spectacular. Doesn't matter. They're having more fun than we were all throughout the tournament. And they made the semifinal. But it also brings up something to me. And I'll say this, and I'll get criticized for it. I don't care. The fact that England can get to a semifinal... It means that we can too. Yes, you heard that right. Now, am I saying that the United States is better than England today? No. No. I don't happen to think this English team is some world-beating team. They're good. Yeah, they're good. <gasps> Their players play in the Premiership, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And most of these guys are not the best player on their team. Not all. Harry Kane, pretty darn good. Make no mistake. Jordan Pickford, yeah, he can play. These guys can play. I'm not taking anything away from what England has done or the players they have. But most of these guys are not even the best player on their team. So don't tell me about how they're all just, oh, my goodness. 
This was a scrappy team that did as much as they could out of this tournament. They dug it out. And Croatia deserved it. They're just better. And I will say this. Croatia didn't even really get a great performance out of Ivan Rakitic. I thought he was a little well, he was a little off today. But I will say that I thought Croatia's defense has held up a lot better than I than I even anticipated during this whole tournament. Remember, I had Croatia bowing out in the group stage, losing out narrowly to Argentina and Nigeria. Turns out, not to pick on someone, but oh, by the way, anybody who was criticizing Argentina too heavily, you know who the two games Argentina lost in this tournament were to? Yeah, France and Croatia. 877-710-ESPN. Hit me up on Twitter if you prefer. If you're driving around, you don't want to take the chance. Be careful. Don't tweet at me while you're driving on the 405 or the 110. Okay? Wait till you get home or pull over or whatever. And then if you want to call, same thing. Be careful. But you can hit me up on Twitter at Talk Soccer. Let's go to the phones. David is in Woodland Hills. He will kick off soccer tonight here on ESPN LA 710. What's going on, David? What's going on? Uh, I watched I watched the Croatia game today, and I just I just really am a huge fan of Luka Modric. The more I watch of him, and you know, I think he really resembled what a captain's all about. Yeah. Uh, and I think you know, as the game got increasingly longer and harder, I think he just continued to go out there and just put the team on his back and just resemble what a captain really should do. And, and I'm just really proud of my team today. David, I'll tell you what. You know what I've seen out of Modric too is the last yeah. couple of games. There's a there's been like one or two runs he has to make defensively, and I'm talking like forty yard sprints mm-hmm. in the late portions of a game, and he does it. And he he's still got the quickness and the speed to get it done, even I, after he's won his how. butt off. You know, and even in stoppage or extra time. You know what I mean? It's like it's amazing. The it's amazing how he has. keeps his composure too. He'll have like three defenders rushing at him, and he'll just be able to get get by all of them so quickly. And also, you know, I want to give a big shout out to uh, the center back from Croatia, Vita. I think he did an incredible job at the back line. And Tom McGoy Vita has had a magnificent passes. tournament. He really has. Uh, you know, yeah. that guy. He has been rock solid. Look, I think Lovren is the dude everybody wonders about. Vita mm-hmm. has settled Lovren down next to him. I, I completely agree with you. Vita has absolutely settled Lovren down into becoming a better player around him, without yeah. a doubt. Like, they work so well together. Look, this this here's the thing. I'll be talking a little bit more about it as we get going here. We're going to have our predictions and everything. But to, to anybody out there who thinks, well, that top bracket, oh, France got through. That France-Belgium game was actually the final. You're going to be sorely mistaken if you think yep. you're going to be running over Croatia. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I, I completely agree, David. Thank you so much for the phone call. David in Woodland Hills gets us off started right here on soccer tonight. And we do have the hour to go. We're going all the way up until the top of the hour here from 8 to 9 o'clock on ESPN LA 710. Taking your phone calls at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. I really thought he was spectacular today in, in Domagoj Vida. And I thought he's had a great tournament, no doubt. Ante Rebic, to me, is a dude who has to keep his his temper in check a little bit on the pitch. He gets a little loses his focus a little bit on that wing sometimes. He gets a little fired up, but you know that's a good part of his game in a lot of ways too. He needs that edge a bit. But boy, talk to me about that game winning goal by Mandzukic. If you watch the replays and uh, John Strong from uh, from Fox did a great job with that. If you if you really watch the replay on how that header comes in and Mandzukic had read that just a split second before the defense, right? Especially when they did the slow motion. I'm not always a big fan of watching stuff in slow motion all the time and trying to overly criticize it, especially when it comes to like VAR 
and try to overly like dig into it. Sometimes you got to play stuff at full speed, but to watch that in slow motion, to see Mandzukic actually clearly read that play correctly in just a blink of an eye. I know it's a cliche, but it's literally it was literally seemed that fast, and he read it just the quick, just a bit quicker than the England defense, and then to be able to finish it in that spot, that was just nails from Mario Mandzukic. And you know, look, he's got his limitations. I'm not sitting there telling you he's Cristiano Ronaldo up front. No, of course not. But man, the dude is a pro, and you need that in a situation like that. And he got the job done. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. Let's go back out to the phones real quick. Robert's in Whittier who wants to join us here on Soccer Tonight with Dave Denholm on ESPN LA 710. Welcome, Robert. Hey, how's it going? I just wanted to speak about the Croatia team. Uh, They're just playing very determined soccer right now. It's just a well-oiled machine every level. Um, Look at them playing overtime each the last couple games. They're just determined to get to the final they just got to close it out you know robert you mentioned the determined to get to the final and i talked a little bit about it earlier i think croatia in these not in this knockout stage has not even really got going yet in a certain level only because against denmark and against russia they were kind of like they almost like they were in in like first gear like they really were nervous about losing because they kind of knew they should win. Right. They were the better team, right. you know. Like, and they kind of played in like a half gear for a lot of those games. And of course, that can lead you to dangerous times because they both had, they had to go to penalties on both, and they could have easily been out of this tournament. But I really feel like they know they're good, you know. And I, and they ought to be. If, if I'm the co- if I'm the manager who's done a great job, by the way, he really has. If I'm if I'm the manager, I just tell these players, look, let's go out and play. We are. We do deserve right, this. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are every bit as good, Robert, and let's just go do it. You know, if Zlatko Dalic just tells his team that, just go play. And if you lose to France, shake their hands. But Croatia deserves to be here, and they can win this thing. Yeah, they they look like they know um, how good they are. They just yes. they just haven't even had to they they haven't had to play as good as they need to. No, and no, this is actually. I, mean, I think you're right. I think this matchup with England was a great one for them. We talked about the midfield. I talked about uh, how I thought Croatia would win because of the midfield. And it's exactly what happened. Robert and Whittier, thanks so much for taking the time. Appreciate that. Hey, Mike Trudell, of course. You know him from soccer tonight here. You know him from all the great coverage of the Lakers here on ESPN LA 710. He's been a, a, a host of soccer tonight with me all throughout. He's going to be joining us next. He's on uh, duty with the uh, Lakers, but he's going to take some time and talk about this game and break it down with me next. Here on Soccer Tonight, I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to ESPN LA 710. Soccer tonight, ESPN LA 710. Dave Denholm and Mike Trudell with you, hanging out, talking about the World Cup as we have all throughout the tournament. It has been a wild ride, and certainly today's game, no different. Extra time. Croatia wins it in extra time. This time, they don't go to penalties, and they beat England 2-1 on that Mario Mandzukic goal. Mike, your initial reaction to this one kind of went the way we both thought it was going to go in a lot of ways. Certainly a nip-and-tuck game. What's up, Denholm? Man, I, I was, on the one hand, I was rooting for England, right? I just, I was kind of rooting for this, and with all apologies to Croatia fans and to Avica Zubac, uh, the Lakers center, I was just, I wanted to see an England-France final. Uh, so many mm-hmm. players, so many teammates, uh, so much history between the two countries that would have been fun. And when they got that initial goal, it, you know, it's just like, wow, this, the Lions are flying high. But I just think that it, it's just human nature. There's something about it, especially in soccer, 
when you've got the one-goal lead and the World Cup final is on the line, it just changes how you play, man. And I, I felt like they, they just uh, – and, and I don't blame them for it. Right? I really don't. It's, it's almost impossible. Um, anybody that's played soccer in that kind of a setting, it's almost impossible to play the same game that you wanted to play and attack and possess the ball. And, you know, credit to Croatia, who's been clearly the toughest team in this tournament for yeah. just sticking with it, continuing to push, continuing to pressure – and that's just how things played out, Dave. I thought that early goal, while it was, of course, a good thing for England, it ended up maybe hurting them in a sense that they just lost the mojo that they had built up to that point because they were yeah, trying so it, desperately to hold on to it. There is something about that. Like, we now we don't want to lose. Like, we can't afford to give up. You know, like, we just we have the lead. Right. We can't afford to lose that. And Croatia has nothing to lose throughout most of that match. And, of course, they tie it up in the 69th. One thing I will say, though, Mike, we talked about it, and we didn't really think it was a big factor. Credit to us, let's be honest. It's the Croatia was going into extra time a few times. They were going to be more tired, maybe. Croatia was beast-like throughout that second half and then the extra time. I mean, these guys were absolute animals. Yeah, we, we probably played that up too much. I mean, it is the, it is the freaking World Cup semifinal. Yeah, you know? I mean, and you know what else, Mike Trudell? They're kids. I mean, these are 28-year-old like, kids. They can yeah, run all day. It's, a, it's not like it's a back-to-back. You're, you know, you've got, you know, so that was, I thought, was the only reason why it was, it was something to kind of consider a little bit was just because we're trying to differentiate from the other team that didn't have to play as many minutes. Yeah. But, but clearly, that wasn't as much of a factor. But I, I also think, again, I think that that was – you know, that was part of what the scoreline was. And when you're attacking and when, when you're on the ball, it's easier to keep running. You know, it's harder. And I, it's look, true. I felt like the first goal, right, the Perisic goal where he comes over um, with the foot, Deli Alley just didn't quite get out quickly enough to contest the cross, you know. And, and in that sense, it's because he'd been doing it for the, for 45 minutes. Yeah. Uh, they, and, and, and try. So now we can deconstruct it after the fact. Uh, but I, I really don't want to blame England. I think uh, it's a great, uh, great tournament for them to get to this point. It's just... It also makes it sting even more, knowing that it had they, you know, had they just found a way to, you know, maybe they called it a high kick, uh, maybe something else happens, and all of a sudden they're in the final. So it's yeah. both like a bad gut punch, and also, you know, you got to kind of give them a, 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 a rising cheer for what they did in the World Cup. Oh yeah, and that's what I say. England got every last drop out of this World Cup that they could. They lost an extra time in the semifinal. That is as good as this team could do. I mean, and not to say they couldn't have beaten Croatia on this day. I don't mean it that way. I'm saying is if you look at the World Cup as a whole, they got every last drop out of this World Cup that this team could. Croatia was just slightly better. And I will say this. I, I've been talking about it, Mike. This Mario Mandzukic goal is one of the goals of the tournament for me. When you consider what he did to read that glancing header just a split second quicker than the English defense did, is all the difference, and then to be able to be professional enough to finish it. I mean, that was a magnificent goal from Mandzukic. Yeah, and, and, and you, you know, we did discuss this before, right? We were talking about this last night, and uh, you mentioned that he's a class striker. He really is. I mean, he scored a lot of goals, man, going back to when he was a kid um, at every level. He's always, always been able to score goals. And, you know, that was the part of the disappointing thing, I think, if you're thinking about England, yeah, you just you just didn't really have the chance to put some of those talented strikers uh, in the position as much as you wanted to because of that early goal and all the defending that they were doing. And yeah. you know whether that's Harry Kane or, or whether that's bringing a Rashford in earlier off the bench. Uh, I think you and I both were a little bit worried about Sterling and just what he was going to be able to do. And, and I remember, uh, Dave, I'm trying to remember what the minute mark was where it looks like he, he had the opportunity to slide somebody in. Uh, you know what it was? It was almost I think it was like right after the Croatia goal, the yes. first goal. Yeah. And, 
and he had the chance to slide. Um, I don't know if it was somebody making it. Maybe it was Lingard. He had a chance to slide Lingard in, and he just he just scuffed it. It's like, man, you that's the play you cannot miss, right? That uh, for a two foot pass that you have to put <laughs> um, on your 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 player's foot. It's true, and that's yep. the kind of thing that he's just been doing all World Cup, you know. Yeah, I would allow. I, you know, look, it's hindsight now, but I would say this throughout the whole tournament. I and I know they were winning. I understand coaches don't like to tinker, Mike. I just would have liked to seen more of Marcus Rashford with this team the whole way, yeah. really. And again, that's not hindsight. England probably would have gone no farther realistically. I mean, they got all they could out of this tournament. You got to give them praise. I'm sure they're going to be well respected by their fans coming home to the. You know, they're going to get a big. You know, you know, rousing greeting coming home, and rightfully so. But I would have liked to see that kid is just legit, you know. And it's just he didn't quite get the opportunity that maybe he deserved going into this tournament. But again, Gareth Southgate has all the defense in the world that he got him this far. Croatia, France, Mike. This thing is a this is a beautiful match. These are two of the best teams. They're playing the best football right now, so it's a great matchup. You know, so in this particular matchup right i feel like it's a little different from belgium and france or croatia and england where you know i felt like the teams were kind of evenly matched and it was going to come down to to a game of inches you know i I got the france one right i got the england one wrong in this case i I really think france is the better team Uh, i I think they've been playing better i think they have a little bit more talent i think they're more explosive i think they've got uh, the guy who's who's sort of playing at the highest level, even though he's 19 in Mbappe and Pogba's right there behind him, like Griezmann, you know, look up like the Perisic and, and Rakitic and, and Modric are no slouches. And you mentioned Mandzukic, but I'm going to favor France heavily uh, in this one. And I think I'll probably be alone. I think most people will, will argue that it's an even match and, and maybe some will take Croatia. But uh, for me, I think that France is the clear better team here. Here's where I'll disagree slightly, and I'll tell you why. And I'll point to Belgium. All right, and I'll point to the way the Belgians actually responded after that game. I know you've probably seen a lot of this. If case you know, if, if you who are listening maybe had Belgium kind of thought that let's put it this way, France played too defensive in a way. Now some of that sour grapes in Belgium, you can give them a little bit of a pass. They had just lost a semifinal of the World Cup. We get it. You and I know how that is, Mike. When it comes to teams who have just suffered bitter defeats. I'm not going to hold it against Belgium for saying it, but it brings me to my point in a roundabout way. France doesn't mind playing close games, and that's where I think Croatia can take advantage of it. I don't think France is worried about, you know, getting out to a two or three goal lead somehow, you know, oh, we're worried about Croatia. Let's go score two or three goals here and jump on them. France wants to win one nil, and that's a scary thing because that can come back to bite you. Well, look, here's the thing. It's, it's one, it's okay to, if you want to try to say that France, you know, played defensive and, uh, and all that. I don't even necessarily agree with that, by the way. I'm it's, just saying. Yeah. I, I, first, first of all, I don't think that's true. Second of all, almost nobody scored on France. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, they, they gave up like one goal in the group, uh, to Australia. I'm trying to think if anybody else even, uh, even scored on them. Uh, no, they beat Peru, right? One nil. One nil. And then, uh, what was their, their Argentina oh, right. had that four three game against them. That's, uh, yeah, so they tried them. Of course, right. Of course, the Argentina game, uh, when that game was just, was just crazy. You can go yeah. up and down. Um, they, then they win. They beat, uh, Uruguay two nothing. They beat, uh, Belgium one nothing. So I'm like, I'm not mad at a team who's putting up zero no. the time they're out there. And they're also the thing that we talked about that we like so much against Belgium. Belgium didn't have any great chances, really. Like they had everything they had was contested, and that's because I think France, while being amazing in attack when they want to be, 
is really solid and quick and athletic and attentive defensively. And so that's, to me, again, that's why I like the team. And if they were just going to play free flow, yeah. granted, they did do that a little bit against Argentina, but that's just because Argentina's defense was such a joke. Like yeah, Argentina they, knew they, they had to play like that they way. When they wanted it. But I'll say this, Mike, that's my point, though, in a way, is the France doesn't mind playing those tight games, which could open up the door for Croatia, keeping it tight. I don't think this is going to be a 3-2 game, is my point. Like, I mean, but so, it also, so me, yeah, the weaker point. team actually has a slightly better shot to pull the upset. Because I do, I agree with you that Croatia is slightly weaker than France. I still think they're going to have a good chance because of that. Like, it's going to be a tight game, and... Certainly, we've seen Croatia not back away from that kind of game by any. I mean, this is a team willing to win on penalties if they have to. So, but it's just going to be. I mean, this is going to be knockdown drag out. I, I, I mean, these two teams better just go out and play and just put it all out there, which they have already. I don't expect any different. But man, I mean, what an opportunity! Really, it's so amazing when you look at France. This, you look at. I know Paul Pogba's great. I know you know Antoine Griezmann. I know these are great players. But this is not a one. This is not Zidane, you know what I mean? Carrying France essentially, and not to say that he didn't have great players around him too. I get it; it's a team sport. But it was Zinedine Zidane. This France team, this even Croatia, Rakitic didn't even play well today, and they still pulled it out, which I didn't know if they could possibly do, quite frankly. And I knew the midfield would be the key. I just thought Rakitic and Modric would dominate. Turned out only one of them needed to, but racket. You know, these are teams here. For as good as the stars are, the stars are gone from this tournament in a lot of ways. Yeah, so I'll I'll take it back even to the quarterfinals. Uh, in, in there, like there are more teams than just France and Croatia that could have been in a final. Yeah, and and that's how that's that's why soccer is is such a beautiful game. I, I mean, I wouldn't have been shocked if, if Uruguay found a way to get there. Brazil yeah, certainly true. played some of the best uh, soccer throughout the tournament. Uh, Sweden had its moments, right? Uh, I mean, England, if, if things had gone just a little bit differently. And that's, by the way, forgetting Spain and Germany, who didn't even get there. Uh, yeah. you know, so it's just like it, it's, such a, it's a game of such inches. And has Croatia been the toughest team? Yes, and that's why they're there. Has France been the best team? I'm not sure, but they've been the best team in the moments they needed to be. Yeah. And that's what I always think about when I think about the World Cup or the Euros. You know, the best team doesn't always win. And just because France and Croatia are there, you know, doesn't mean that they're the two best teams. It's just, it's so different. Usually the two best teams make the what, NBA finals or the Western yeah. Conference finals or the Eastern Conference finals provided health. And it's just not that way in the World Cup. Anything can happen. And it's going to be that way in the final, too. Oh, great stuff. Uh, Mike Trudell, Dave Denholm, we're hanging out with you. One thing, uh, Mike, before, and we'll come back to, uh, to break down more of this final and we'll get our predictions in the next segment. Mike's going to hang out with another segment here as he's on, on assignment. Mike, uh, one thing I've been leaving everybody with is the two teams Argentina lost to, France and Croatia. So maybe the Argentines, maybe we could cut them a little bit more of a break as this tournament and as this World Cup gets more in the rearview mirror. We can discuss that further as well. He's Mike Trudell. I am Dave Denholm. You are listening to Soccer Tonight here on the home of world football in Southern California. It's ESPN LA 710. Soccer Tonight, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm. You are listening to the home of world football in Southern California. Joined, of course, by Mike Trudell, as he does for this show, as we've been enjoying the World Cup Talking about it together here on ESPN LA 710. Full credit to Croatia getting past England in extra time. Full credit to the three Lions getting as far and as every little bit out of this tournament as they could. And it was a magnificent game. I, I certainly want to tip my cap, Mike, to guys, uh, honestly, like Luka Modric, who had a brilliant game. I thought Ante Rebic 
was awesome. Manzukic with the great goal. Ivan Perisic was just fantastic. And a caller called up earlier, Mike, a guy who doesn't get a lot of credit that I've loved in this tournament is Domagoj Vida in the center of defense for Croatia because, in part, not only has he played well, he has settled down Dejan Lovren, which is not an easy task if you're a Liverpool fan. You know what I'm talking about. And I think Lovren's actually had a very good tournament, and I think a lot of that is due to the guy who's playing next to him in Domagoj Vida, who's just been brilliant. Also, score uh, against against Russia. You are correct, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, you're doing adding that to the rest of the mix, man. And look, I think that you know we've been just like anybody that that knows their stuff. But it's not like this is that much of a surprise that Croatia's there. They were. No. I think that we you had you know there was there's the part of your soccer brain that I think picked them to not go out of the group, but then you you like really didn't want to, and you said they could also go all, go all the way to the quarters or something, yes, right? It's like they I were, really did. They were kind was, of one of those spots. That was a torn group because I did think Argentina was going to be better, in fair, <laughs> frankly. So that was where my mistake yeah. was. <laughs> I had Argentina winning and Croatia uh, going second, and it didn't end up going like that. But, I mean, the other part of this is we you think about the former Yugoslavia, and if you could have brought even just a couple of – Serbian players in the mix, a couple of Montenegrins, and guess what? They didn't need them. A, a, oh. a country of three million people, right, is all the way to the World Cup final. Uh, their, their first final in the history, of, of course, of the nation. I think they've become the 13th team to ever make a final. In France, meanwhile, it's becoming habit, uh, right? So 2000, let's see, 1998, of course, when they won, and then yep. was it, oh, was it 2010 or 2006? Uh, did they lose? That they, they were lose? in the final well 10 was spain winning did they beat france i'm all i'm all confused now you might be right but uh yeah I'll, I'm check, i saw that i saw the stat while i was watching the game and i'm trying to remember one but they there was another it was definitely in one of the 2000s um tournaments they got that far too and I, i've just been i've been very impressed with them in the class that they've had the whole time and especially yeah. because it's the youngest group of french players that they've ever taken to a major tournament and that's not just the world cup that's the euros too so that's uh, that's been another thing man these this French squad isn't going anywhere. All right, they're gonna they're gonna be in the mix every World Cup, uh, probably for the next twenty thirty years. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It is gonna be kind of scary, realistically. And you talked about it with the uh, with France. It's sometimes it looks easier than it is, of course, but that's just how good they are. Guys like Pogba and Griezmann. You know, Pogba is just so special. I got to be honest with you. You know, everybody's gonna talk about Rakitic and Modric. I actually think France has an advantage in the midfield in this game that's pretty significant. I think if Croatia is going to win this one, Mike, I think it might have to be because their defense has another really good game. Subasic is a great goalkeeper, and maybe Mandzukic finds a goal that we're not expecting. You know what I mean? He makes something out of nothing. I actually think France's advantage is in the midfield in this game. Yeah, I mean, there, so that's you're, you're totally right, Dave. Like this, this France team doesn't have a true weakness. Uh, I felt like Brazil was in the same manner. So if you're going to beat them, you know, it's got to be by like the way that Belgium beat Brazil was having an own goal on yeah. a corner kick, and and then just getting you know getting a break uh, for a header uh, later in the game, like and then just just basically just avoiding the the onslaught uh, for minute after minute in France. You know, they don't have a weak defender you can necessarily pick out. Uh, they they can their defenders can attack uh, their midfield. N'Golo Kante is an amazing player. Oh. He he basically plays two positions. He can he's both a defensive midfielder and at times an attacking midfielder in the same breath. Like he's just he's fantastic. And then to have the pairing of Pogba, who can do so much, where he where he can win balls in the air. I mean, in fact, he was defending Vincent Kompany um, every time he was coming up for corner kicks. 
Like he, he has the silkiest feet, I think, in the whole tournament. Like, if you wanted to put on a dribbling display and just to impress a bunch of kids, I'd pro- Pogba would be the guy I'd pick. He's got all the tricks. Okay? <laughs> like, you remember in youth soccer, you walk out there for warm-ups, and the kid that's doing rainbows and, you know, holding the ball in his back and doing little, little bicycle flicks. and Like, that's the Pogba stuff, man. He's got yeah. all that in his bag. All that. And that translates to, to actual moments of brilliance in the field because he can just break it out from anywhere. So he's my, he's my favorite player on France to watch, and that's so hard to say because, my goodness, is Kylian Mbappe great. And I would like to offer him a lifetime contract to Manchester United. <laughs> I don't care how much money it's going to take. Don't let Real Madrid get him. Let's go United. We need Kylian Mbappe. Oh, that's magnificent. I love that. Yeah, and it's a lot of weapons. It's weird, though. I, I honestly think this could be, and I'm not quite ready to pull the trigger. we got a few minutes left before we want to make our predictions. I think this would be Correct. one of those games where it's 1-0 France and they dominated. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. Like it just they they dominate the game. Yeah, and, and, and they win way one from how England. And so like so that's the that's the difference to me between France and England. And had England won, I would have picked France too. So if France gets up on you one nil, they can keep the ball a yes. little bit better than England does. Like that's England true. doesn't quite have the midfield. You know, so Lingard and Deli Ali are great in attack, but they're not really possession midfielders. That's not their game, man. They no. they get the ball and they want to go to the net. Like they're they're almost like strikers that aren't playing striker because Harry Kane is there. You know, whereas whereas France, I mean Pogba and, and Conte, uh, and they will they can knock the ball around and play keep away for twenty minutes if they want. Yeah, you know, and that's, and that's not to mention if they bring in uh, Usman Dembele or somebody in, he can keep the ball forever. Uh, who's that? Who's the other? Uh, who's the other Frenchman that subbed in late uh, in the semifinal? Uh, Toliso, another another fantastic midfielder with his feet, right? That can keep the ball. So yeah. that to me, you're, you're right. There, that's a great, it's a good point. The two points that you make, Dave, and that that's another reason why France is so comfortable in a tight game. Like they can keep attacking if they want to, but they remind me in that sense of Spain, where if it, it's and I know it didn't happen against Russia. It's just harder to come back from 1-0 against the Spain or against the France. Yeah, 100%. Couldn't agree more there, and that's a good point. That's a good way to put it, actually. Mike, I want to play a game, though. I, I've been kind of like doing this in my own head a little bit. I'm a little weird, and I don't know if other Uh-oh. people do this. But when I Uh-oh. watch, like, let's say that let's just use the final four teams as an example. Sometimes I like to play the what if you just move one guy to another team and vice versa. You know, like, who would be... Like the, the person I think England needed the most in this final four to add to their team for me was Luka Modric. Now you just mentioned how England doesn't really you know have that midfielder, and it's a perfect point, and that's why I, I felt that way all along. Like if you put Modric on England, wow, maybe they could have done enough. You know what I mean? Like they already have Harry Kane. Who are, can you make that kind of assessment to someone else? You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know if people do that. Maybe I'm just an idiot or weird. No, no, no. I, I, I like that. I mean, so, so think about it in, in this fashion. France, now, if you wanted to, if you wanted to just completely supersize France, <laughs> trade out Olivier Giroud uh, for, you know, somebody like, uh, like Ronaldo even, right? Yeah. Like a, a, just basically an upgraded true striker. Because Giroud, he's actually, you know, one way he works great for the team because he works hard, he makes runs, he wins balls in the air, uh, but he's just not, like, quite as, as class of a finisher um, as you would get out of certain other players in there. So if so, if France had like a, a real true number nine oh, striker man. type up there, um, that would be real. In, like, or, or like a Lukaku even, right? Yeah. If if, uh, if you put Lukaku on France at the at the tip of that spear, all of a sudden then they're just completely unbeatable. Uh, yeah. So that that's yeah. something that's fun to think about. But uh, like for you're, you're right, the Modric to England um, is exactly the right comp, or even a, a Paul Pogba 
uh, to England. Like, oh, it's, man. So yeah, it's, that'd be great. is great in one way, but, but same thing. So Pogba, um, somebody where he keeps their physicality, but he's also that, that engine that can sort of play the, that, that difficult diagonal ball or that difficult little chip ball, you know, those, those types of finishing plays, because that sometimes is it's truly like we think about uh, I always make basketball analogies on the show, Dave. I just I know so many people listening in L.A. Um, are Lakers fans and are excited about LeBron. And you add LeBron uh, to that mix to the, well, and, and just exactly. that finishing play that you need down the stretch or at any point when you need a bucket to have one guy you just give the ball to. And the equivalent to me in soccer is a creative player in the middle of the field. And, and if you don't have that as a team, then, in, in, and I guess we're, we're mostly talking about England in this case, it just becomes a little bit more difficult to actually win the game uh, when it counts. And, and that's what I think that France has in Pogba and Croatia has in Modric. You know, I think England recognized what we talked about, though, in the midfield dominance of Croatia, because they were sending a lot of long balls early. And, of course, the Trippier free kick was magnificent. And I thought Subasic was a little slow on that play, although he's a fabulous goalkeeper. But, the, you know, to take nothing away yeah, from I couldn't Zubacic. see. Yeah, it was behind the wall. But it was all those long balls that were giving Croatia a little bit of trouble. Like, they were trying to bypass it midfield. Then finally Croatia realized, look, you're going to have to come through the midfield here, and this is where we're going to beat you. And they finally did. Now, I don't think it's going to be the same. That's the interesting part about the matchup with France. I don't think they can play the same way necessarily. we we got to get down to the predictions, Mike. This has been such a wild ride and so fun. I mean, I'm an, I'm I'm already enjoying the final matchup just in my head and trying to figure this out. Where are you going with this matchup? How does this thing break down on Sunday? So I think that France is two goals better than Croatia, but mm. since it's a final, I'm going to give Croatia some respect, and they'll find a way to get one. So I think it's going to be 2-1 France. I think France yep. is going to score first. Uh, they're going to sit in a little bit. Croatia is going to get a, a goal, as they always seem to, in one way or the other, and then France will ultimately find a way to get the winner. Uh, in regulation at some point. So I'm going France 2-1. to one. Well, I'm going to go with France, and I'm kind of going to stick with my earlier assessment. I was not 100% sure, but I think the way we talked through it, I think France is going to dominate and win 1-0 in just a game that uh, really that Croatia has some chances, of course, and you know they might if they do nick a goal, look out. And, but I just think France is going to be able to be a professional about that, and Conte is going to have his way in that midfield which is okay. tough to do, tough to do yeah, against I mean, Croatia. Not, <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It does but. make – I, like I like the 1-0 call, too, uh, just because, you know, finals, with all the pressure, yeah, you yeah. don't often see a wide-open final. You yeah. just – you know, you just don't, usually. So that's – that's it makes sense. And, it only know, a goal's going to get in. But um, I think France I think France is going to find a way to score early enough that it's going to make Croatia be a little bit more open and attack, and I think they'll, they'll eventually get one, and then France will turn the engines back on. So – um, uh, that's what I'm. That's what I'm looking for. Like, I, no disrespect to Giroud and Mandzukic, but they're kind of like that. You can kind of shut them down on any given day. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, if they don't get a whole lot of service either, Griezmann obviously a bit of an X factor. I think. I think the one nil, two one certainly can happen, especially if there's an early goal in this thing. If there's an early goal, then I'm going to be dead wrong. I believe. You no doubt about that. But I think we're both going with France. Allez le bleu and. You know what, Mike? The way this tournament is shaken out, like you said, they may not be the best team on any every day of the week or whatever. If we play this tournament a hundred times, France is going to win their fair share, though. They have been phenomenal. They they'll, they'll deserve it. Either team's going to deserve this thing if they win. That's the bottom line. Yes, no, for sure. And I, I just now uh, now should we uh, you know pour ourselves a drink and, and just be be sad and yeah. cry that we don't get to watch World Cup. Uh, soccer for four more years. I mean, I, I'm already devastated, Dave. I'm, I've been an emotional wreck. 
I know, dude. It, you know, it's so weird how that is true. Part of you loves it. Every like every fiber of me loves these games with a little bit of the yeah, but you know, kind of mm. in the the little stare off in the distance with some kind of mu- you know movie music in the background, sad movie music. Because hey, it's you know, you know one thing I'm shocked by though, like considering the amount of money that it makes, do we really think that if we had it every two years, that like fewer people would watch and it wouldn't be as special? Yes, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I watch the NBA Finals every June. Do you? I understand, but there are so I many mean, other good I, like, competitions. I don't know. I, maybe would it make it a little bit less special, like winning? I, I guess. No, but, but see I mean, here, Mike, you I don't bring know. up I'm, a great point, and something I did want to talk about, and it's funny that I forgot about it until you just said that. This is where, and I know people are going to be like, oh, shut up, Denholm, it's not the World Cup. This is where we must promote the Euro. The oh, of course. The Euro. Copa America. The, 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 the gold Copa Cup. America, yes. The Gold yeah. Cup has Those to be more awesome promoted. Too. We've got to we've got to like dig into these international games that mean something. Whether it's the United States versus Panama or Mexico versus Costa Rica or Copa America or the Euros, let's just dig it's into just, those. Like the the Concacaf one, though, it's kind of like, oh, congrats, you beat Panama, Costa Rica, so in, in Mexico. So Do it. Cool. Like that that tournament's lame. The South American tournament and the Euro in the Euro. I disagree, Euros, Mike. I disagree. Go I, win the Euros, it. If, the Euros is basically the World Cup, so I'm, I'm into. Oh, the Euros, that's but, that's ridiculous. For one thing, don't get into the Michael Thompson thing on me here. Now, come on, that's lazy. Don't be lazy. Hey, Mike. Look, all I'm saying is, is that eight of the best eleven teams or whatever um, are, are European. So but you know, what? Course, Greece course won the Euros for, one yeah. year for crying out loud. Denmark. I'm just won trying to make Euros. myself feel better because the World Cup isn't coming back for a long time, uh, and then it's going to be in Qatar. And I don't know if I'm going to be making that trip. You know, <laughs> uh, I don't like in, that's that's the thing. But at least it's coming home, baby. In two in eight years, buddy. My kids are going to be twelve years old. Uh, um, I I hope that I'm still employed uh, by multiple places then because uh, the the amount that I'm going to spend on tickets. I know, uh, it's, it's going to be sick. really going to get I up. I love there. it. I love that. That is so great. Mike, Mike, it's been a wild ride, man. I can't wait for Sunday. Dude, always a pleasure, man. It's been too much fun, brother. And uh, Mike has France. He's going to take off now. He's got other duties to do, of course, and responsibilities. But, uh, yeah, too much fun, brother. It has been a ride, I must say. Oh, totally, totally my pleasure. Um, you know, we may have to just start doing this uh, on the phone in recording it and, and put in tweeting it out or something if, unless they let us do it every night. Because I'll, I'll do it every night, Dave. I'll do, I'll do a soccer <laughs> show every night. Let's let's go. Hey, I don't want to like I don't want to like purposely put the pressure on the bosses at ESPN LA Seven Ten. I'll do it every night too, Mike. I got no problem with that. Let's go. <laughs> let's Absolutely, go. no pressure. Yeah, I mean, no look, pressure. Some, will I be Will I be live sometimes from Laker games? Maybe. Will yes. you be live from LAFC games? That's fine. Okay, we can multitask. <laughs> Deal. I'm in. Now let's do it. Let's absolutely get it done. We got to talk to some salespeople. He is Mike Trudell. I am Dave Denholm. You are listening to Soccer Tonight here on ESPN LA 710. Soccer Tonight, ESPN LA 710. We will have a show after the World Cup final. I want to remind you that programming note: our final Soccer Tonight will be on Sunday at 11 a.m. Now the uh, game kicks off 8 a.m. Pacific time, right? So we just wanted to make sure. Great job scheduling by our uh, our suits, our bosses here, actually, because they built in a little time in case there was the extra time. Want to give you a chance to kind of come off the high a little bit at, right after the game, and you can talk about it with us at 11 o'clock, beginning at 11 o'clock on Sunday, and that's uh, going up until noon on Sunday. We will be breaking down the World Cup final, Croatia and France. Mike Trudell and I both pick France in some, you know, a certainly close game. We both feel that France has too much. I think France's midfield is actually the advantage 
believe it or not, over you know a lot of people talking about Rakitic, Modric, and all the rest of the midfield for Croatia. I still think France's midfield is just so strong that that's going to be enough to get the job done. Mike feels the same. So we'll see what happens. Certainly no shock if Croatia wins. They win, they deserve it. If they win, I'll go so far as to say Croatia was the best team of the tournament if they beat France. I mean, France, look who they, I mean, Belgium, Uruguay, that's who France has had to get rid of. Argentina and a beauty in the round of 16? Come on. But I also think you got to step back with these tournaments, and some things come clearer into light the more the tournament goes on, right? Because all of a sudden you start looking at groups a little different. Look at Argentina. You know who they lost to in this tournament? Croatia and France. Yeah, the two finalists. So, you know, and now we see England and Belgium have to play again, this time in the third round or a third place game. Oh, man. Real quick, we're not taking phone calls at this point. If you want to tweet me who you think is going to win, give me a final score at eight. I'm sorry, at Talk Soccer on Twitter. Not going to take any phone calls on it a little late. But if you want to tweet me a score, we can continue the conversation after the game, even into tomorrow. Let me know how you feel about this final at Talk Soccer. It's just going to be a wild ride. Some other things, you know, when it comes to this World Cup, and again, we're going to be breaking down the France-Croatia game after it happens on Sunday. You look at this matchup, fantastic. I don't think there's any difference in terms of coaching. Uh, I really don't. I think they're both fantastic, uh, brilliant coaches with what they've done. Yeah, coaches are going to make mistakes. Yes, you can always second guess and take a look at a game afterwards and wonder this or that. They've done a great job. Bottom line. So there's really very little between these two teams, realistically. But that's been the beauty of this whole World Cup, hasn't it? Because let's put it this way. And again, it's an if, if then kind of thing. Remember how I always talked about Bel- or, or Costa Rica last World Cup? They were within a whisker of going to the semifinals. And then you never know what's going to happen, right? Croatia nearly loses to Denmark on penalties. Croatia nearly loses to Russia on penalties in the quarters. Imagine what, I mean, yeah, everybody would assume England's just going to beat Russia. Oh, the English fans would have been love playing Russia. Russia could very well be in this final. And if Croatia goes on to win, Russia, I mean, it's magical. Belgium was within a whisker of winning this thing, realistically. They played great against France, just could not put it in the back of the net. France just France deserved it, and they were better, but come on. you got, As Mike said, you got teams all throughout this tournament who could have won. And it's just been so amazing that way, realistically. And the more I've watched this tournament, at first I was kind of thinking they were trying to paint this one too much as like, ooh, the greatest World Cup ever, greatest World Cup ever, greatest World Cup ever. It is the best World Cup I've ever seen. So I can now agree with them. And it, that hasn't been hurt by these semifinal games the last two days either. Oh, by the way. But I have to now agree. I wanted to make sure we took our time with this, but I will say it. It is the best World Cup I've ever seen. So, and that's, you know, whatever. Whatever that means. 2022, let's hope it's even better. I mean, I don't know that that's going to be the case played in November and December. And we got to wait like four months longer. But the good news is once that one's over, we'll wait four months shorter to get to our game. So all in good time, you know. And it is going to be magical. We still have the two games left. Talk a little bit about the Belgium-England game. It's a third-place game. I don't think they should even play these games anymore. I know they do it for the money. I get it. You know, and it's nothing wrong with Belgium and England. They're going to go out and play hard. Don't get me wrong. They're going to want to win. 
I'm not taking anything away from them that way. But again, I don't even think they should play the game. Belgium and England are semi-finalists. That's the way it should be looked at. Bottom line. So that's just, I mean, that's that's the way I see it anyway. You don't even need to play that game. Croatia and France in the final on Sunday. Once again, we will have a essentially a post-game show. We're going to do it at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Hopefully we'll have time if there needs extra time in the kicks or whatever, just in case. Game kicks off at 8 a.m. Pacific. We're going to be on 11 a.m. Pacific time. I am Dave Denholm. Thanks so much to Mario Rees and Michael Funches. This is Soccer Tonight. We'll talk to you on Sunday here on ESPN LA 710.